What's up, guys? Today's episode with Jen Heidinger Kendrick is amazing, and we're really excited to bring it to you. And we're talking about some really important things. And kind of in a going with this interview, I wanted to start today's episode off talking about Southern Health Insurance because while the Giving Kitchen is an amazing organization and they can help you. Nothing helps like having health insurance. You really need to have health insurance. It's that safety blanket that really, really protects you. And Dan Marr at Southern Health wants to get you insured. So if you're an individual who you need insurance, Southern Health is the way to go. Dental, vision, health, even life insurance. If you're a restaurant, if you are a small restaurant, if you're a large restaurant, and you've been pricing out insurance and it's too expensive, Going into 2023, this is the benefit that you really need to be offering people. If you're wondering why your employees aren't staying or you have too much turnover, offering insurance is a massive way to keep employees working at the same place and to show them that you absolutely care about their health and well-being. So how do you get started? You call Dan Marr. 832-816-8602. That is dan at southernhealthins.com. That's his email address. Again, call him at 832-816-8602 or email him at dan at southernhealthins.com. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, powered by Gordon Food Service. My name is Brandon Still, and I am joined with Caroline Galzen. Hi, Caroline. Hey, Brandon. How's it going? Going great. How are you? Uh... I'm wonderful. I'm so I'm I'm still riding a high from this interview that we did with Jen Heidinger Kendrick and such a feel good interview. Marsha Masula joined us in My studio. Fave. I know. I you know Marsha sends us people. Uh, we love PR companies because they have people they want to get on the show and they often contact us. If you are a PR company, you want to bring somebody on the show, send us an email. Brandon at NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. There's our little uh, We'd wink. love to chat. Yeah. Well, I, look, you know what? If you have an interesting person that you want to get on the show, I'd love to hear from you. So, I mean, I'm definitely down to hear your interesting idea. Um, and this episode today is, is really a special episode, I think. Totally. Perfect for the lead up to Thanksgiving, I think. Yes. I mean, I think that this is Thanksgiving week. Yeah. I mean, Thanksgiving is this Thursday. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is it here already? I can't. What do you do for Thanksgiving? Um, so we, usually my dad comes in town. Uh, my dad lives in Los Angeles and he comes in town and my uncle who lives in Alabama comes up and we just do a little Thanksgiving at home with me and Tony and my dad and my brother and my uncle. And then the day after Thanksgiving is when we decorate St. Nicky's. So it's kind of fast and furious. It's, it's a little quick holiday, but we are, uh, this year bringing in our entire staff the day after Thanksgiving to decorate for St. Nicky's. And we are getting Thanksgiving family meal to do a staff Thanksgiving that day, uh, from Martin's who we always order Thanksgiving food from. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So you're doing like your your family Thanksgiving with your team the day after Thanksgiving. Yes. To decorate for St. Nicky's, which exactly. is your holiday pop-up. 
that's our holiday pop-up. So it's, oh my God, a week from Saturday is the first day of St. Nicky's. Uh, I'm not ready. Wow. Well, so actually, sorry, by the time this episode drops, it will be this Saturday, the 26th. Let's just redo that and say, it's going to be this Saturday. It's going to be this Saturday, the wow. 26th. I, 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 I don't even know what here? to say. How did we get here? So one of the traditions that I do, I'm going to throw you on the spot right now. Okay. Are you ready? Oh boy. You didn't know this was going to happen. Oh, brother. So Thanksgiving is this Thursday. And one of the traditions that we always do around the Thanksgiving table is we say, go around the table and say something you're grateful for. Aww. So uh, the last couple of years, I've done an episode called The Great Grateful Nashville. And I've asked chefs, restaurant owners, Benjamin Goldberg and his wife Tara have come on and Stephen and Jolene Smithing and uh, Kelly Sutton came on last year. We've had all these people that have said what they're thankful for. But I'm curious for you, what are you grateful for this year? I think this year I'm grateful for my health. Uh, I just, I don't know. I feel like coming out of the pandemic and having to be constantly so focused and worried about am I healthy? Am I going to get sick? Which of course the pan, you know, COVID's still here, but I think that there is a sense of relief this year that I, a little more sense of ease this year that I didn't feel this time. When I think about this time last year, there was still very much that elevated anxiety, anxiety yeah. um, about n not only myself, but Tony, my family, our team, you know, and, and I'm very grateful that the volume has been turned down on that anxiety this year. I'm grateful for a lot of things, but that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind. How about you? You know, I we talk about it in this episode uh, when we talk about, uh, I talk about a therapist that I have and that uh, I go in every month, they, uh, they have to answer this like questionnaire. And I think that it's just like some basic things. You know, I think I'm grateful for, again, health. I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful for electricity. I'm, I, I know those things are like stupid but no, something I things do, you take for granted, something that, yeah, things I take for granted. Like I, I, I try and meditate and I try and do some mindfulness things. Like I go hiking a lot, but when I sit there, sometimes it's, I, I try and practice gratitude every day and it's hard cause you're like, thank that I have a car and you know, these things, but like, it's hard sometimes to find gratitude, but I find myself going, I have clothes that are clean. And I do have a car and I have a warm house and I have people that care about me. And like just some of like the basic things that I think a lot of people don't necessarily have. Um, and I don't think we recognize how many people don't have those things that I just want to find myself daily going, hey, look, it's okay. Like, and I think in that, it's where I find some of the service. That's where I go, hey, talking to people like Jen Heidinger Kendrick who's helping people, who's made it her life mission to help people who may not have some of those things. Absolutely. And I think that when we start looking too, too lofty in gratitude, I think we lose sight of, Hey, look, we we're pretty special that we get to have some of the basic needs. And a lot of people don't have those things. And I think this is the season where we want to give back. You want to give back as much as you possibly can. And that's where that's where I find a great source of gratitude for myself. Absolutely. And I think that our conversation with Jen today is the perfect reminder of that. She's got a really, really touching story about how she came to found Giving Kitchen. And 
is going to tell us about all of the incredible work that they do, how we can get involved, how our restaurant community in Nashville can stay involved with Giving Kitchen. And if you're looking for an opportunity to give back this season, I think that this is couldn't be a better organization to work with. 100%. And we're going to do a recap where we're going to kind of catch up on some of the stuff we talked about right at the end of the episode. But um, let's jump in. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do this. So Jen Heidinger-Kendrick, who's the co-founder of The Giving Kitchen, and Marsha Marcia Masula, who is the CEO and owner of Roar. <laughs> She'll love that. All right. Let's do it. Super excited today to welcome in Jen Heidinger-Kendrick. She is a co-founder of The Giving Kitchen. We're also joined today with Marsha Masula, mm -hmm. who is the CEO of Roar. Yeah, yeah. Like that? <laughs> I don't have the strength today. <laughs> and of course, Caroline. Hi, Caroline. Hi. It's a full studio today. It is. This is... Only the second time I've recorded with a full studio. I like yeah, this it. This is fun. This is pretty great. We could well, probably bring in a few more chairs so we could party. Yeah, we've, we've been like hanging out. So I'm like, hey, we should hit record because we've been doing this for so long. But welcome to the studio. Last time you were here, it was February the 22nd. And Visit Music City was doing a restaurant week. And we brought you in to kind of promote all the restaurants that were supporting the Giving Kitchen. And was that a good week for you guys? How did that work out? I mean, I would say it's great, especially with the fact that Giving Kitchen launched in Tennessee and here in Nashville just last September um, to partner with the community in this way to help share the word and, you know, raise some vital funds is incredibly important. So heck yeah, it was awesome. Awesome. Things are going well for the Giving Kitchen in Nashville? They are going very well in Nashville, actually. I'm really, really proud of the work Giving Kitchen's been doing since our inception in 2013 and, you know, primarily here in a new market. You know, we've learned so much about our evolution of how we are going to serve food service workers. Um, you know, there was a directive um, from my late husband so many years ago to say, I want this to be for everybody. And we are so excited that we have been serving Nashvillians and the food service population of Tennessee since early 2021. It's really been fantastic. So much so that um, nearly $300,000 has gone right back into the food service community uh, throughout the state of Tennessee, but 78% of that has actually, the dollar, those dollars have gone right back into Nashville food service. It's been pretty spectacular in the last 12 months. That's amazing. So, John, for our listeners who may not have heard the previous episode or maybe have heard of The Giving Kitchen but aren't sure exactly what it's all about, give us kind of the, the elevator pitch quickly for uh, for listeners who or go longer or yeah, oh, you I never mean, know what give us like the, the, it's like a long <laughs> elevator no I love it I you know giving kitchen is pretty simple to be honest you know we all raise your hand you can't see us but if you go out to eat yay yes exactly right I, it's nearly like 80% of us in America are going to go out to eat later this week right and giving kitchen helps those who serve us every single day we help food service workers in crisis and we do that through two vital core programs. One is through our financial assistance program where we help pay the rent and the utilities when a food service worker is out due to an unexpected or unanticipated hardship. So something like an illness, COVID-19 or otherwise a devastating cancer diagnosis like what happened to my late husband and to many other food service workers in our 10 years. Um, to an injury, broken bone, broken back, car accident, anything like that. Um, the death of a family member the loss of a husband, a wife, a child, 
and a housing disaster like a flood or a fire or oftentimes even mold. Those, those c- cases can take somebody out of work and potentially out of their home for a temporary time, um, and we'll make sure that the, the bills are paid um, in order for them to get back to work and back on their feet. And another core program that we have is what we call our Stability Network Program. Uh, and these are warm referrals to community resources. So take an example of, um, you know, someone in food service um, is struggling with mental health and they just need to talk to somebody. They can reach out to Giving Kitchen um, and ask for a referral in their network to a mental health counselor. And we will directly um, assist them to either low or no cost services to somebody in their community. And oftentimes that will be, um, you know, again, with, with mental health, uh, physical wellness opportunities, financial literacy, housing security, food security opportunities all across, um, all across the community. That is so amazing. I've, I've been working in the restaurant industry for over 25 years now. And, you know, this is just something that I know how invaluable this is to restaurant workers who don't typically have health insurance or supplemental insurance or or these types of resources. So, uh, huge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, oftentimes, you know, we, we so often hear this is a, you know, paycheck to paycheck industry. And, and, you know, sometimes it is. And, and in fact, we know that a four to $600 additional bill um, monthly can actually set someone into that downward spiral of, of potential eviction. Um, so, you know, I think that's where our stability network really is, has the opportunity to stabilize someone, but offer them the, the potential to thrive and, do what they do best, go back to work, um, you know, contribute to their community, raise their family. Those are the, the vital resources that I think are really, really important to Giving Kitchen. So, so oh, sorry, uh, go ahead, Brandon. I was just going to say, uh, this is so incredible that you're doing this. Like, where did this begin? Like, you talked about your late husband, and I know there's a story behind that, but will you go into what was the genesis? What made you decide to spend, like, to make this like your life work, to help hospitality employees that 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 answer could could take a couple minutes so, you <laughs> okay, know we got it. well <laughs> you last know, time we had 20 minutes yeah I, know, today, I remember I'm going like, flashlighting let's go i love it you know it's i will say this is never the work of one right i mean it's just that's impossible um ryan heidinger my late husband uh, we're both from indianapolis indiana so up north and we moved to atlanta in 2004 and he was a really just a well-admired um you know respected chef in atlanta um, and, um, an anniversary trip that I bought him to go to New York city and try, you know, food up there, uh, was a, supposed to be an eight, 10 hour trip. He was supposed to come back home. He'd never been to New York before that moment. Uh, but it got him back home and he ended up getting sick. Flu like symptoms led to, um, an ultrasound that led to an MRI about a week later. And then we were told, you know, in a small yellow room by an oncologist that he had six months to live. This was, I mean, literally, he had just, he'd never missed a day of work. He never had a cold. He was just super healthy. This was really unexpected. Um, diagnosed mm. with stage four gallbladder cancer. And, um, it, you know, for us, it was, it was a moment of, of clear darkness. Um, you know, we really did not know what to expect. We were working on, you know, building a, a restaurant of our own. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, this, everything just came crashing down and, um, the only thing that got us through that initial few days, those initial couple of weeks, was our community. His bosses, our chef mentors, our best friends, and our family quite literally rallied behind us in such a powerful way that I truly believe that those first few weeks in that first year 
changed the course of the food service industry that we know today with Giving Kitchen being a vital resource to stabilizing our community. Um, in a few weeks' time, uh, his boss's chef mentors um, you know, stood up and said, let us help. They put on a benefit that we call Team Heidi. Um, Heidi being short for her last name of Heidinger. And um, a few weeks, you know, again, from his diagnosis to the time this happened, uh, nearly a thousand people showed up, 40 of Atlanta's restaurants and bars, um, uh, Yacht Rock Review, uh, musicians showed up, and there was a live auction, and it just all came together and raised nearly $300,000 for us. And wow. that was just, it was an, an incredible moment. And, you know, I'm only, I'm only one voice in the kind of the founding of Giving Kitchen. And it's really amazing. I love this question about our origin because especially for those who were really, really close to the beginning, they all all have kind of, the, the nucleus is always about the same, but they always have their slightly different perspectives. And I um, I just, I love it. And um, and so, yeah, that's that's really what was, that. that's how Giving Kitchen came to be. It was this, this light bulb moment that, you know, there was nothing really available for the food service community. So why not create something that could give back um, and Giving Kitchen was born a couple of months later, officially. Amazing. I love it. Um, so then you mentioned that you guys came to Nashville September a year ago, which I remember, but for those who aren't familiar with your story and, and how Nashville came to be a market for you, I'd, I'd love yeah. for you to tell our listeners about that because it is such a cool story. Yeah. So, you know, when Giving Kitchen was first born in, you know, officially 2013, we really started inside Metro Atlanta. Uh, we served full-service restaurant workers, and it was the community that we knew. So someone would just all of a sudden email Ryan and Jen or those closest to us to say, hey, something happened to me. Um, I was on a trip, and I – in fact, this is a true story. Uh, I was involved in a hit-and-run and suffered a very traumatic brain injury, was in um, a trauma institute in Atlanta for quite a while, um, but she raised her hand and we were able to step in and help with the additional funds that were given to us. We ended up putting right back into the community immediately. Um, that initial few hundred thousand dollars was more than we ever needed. So we, um, we really took, um, uh, the majority of that to put it right back in the community when we started to hear those stories. Um, and then it grew, um, you know, calls would come in. We had two full-time, um, individuals working for Giving Kitchen at that time and calls kept coming in. I know in that first year year or two, I think we served somewhere between 150 and 250 clients in the first couple of years of Giving Kitchen. Um, and it just kept blossoming and growing. We we knew the, the need was vast. Um, we listened to stories that were coming in. That's, you know, in a couple of years after Giving Kitchen was born, that's when Stability Network was created. Um, and it just kept growing from there. We knew early on that in order to be able to help more people, it really meant that we had to just kind of loosen those those boundaries a little bit more. Um, several years into Giving Kitchen, we, um, instead of just serving full-service restaurant workers, we opened it up to all of food service. So we define our food service community as anyone who works in full service, fast casual, you know, fast food, cafeterias, concessions, food trucks, bars, and tap rooms. Anybody in that food service sector can come in, raise their hand, and ask for help. Um, and we'll make sure that the the vital resources are there. And then, um, you know, here we are, eight, nine years later, um, and it took a lot of work, a lot of, um, you know, in, internal infrastructure building, you know, with, with technologies, um, with capacity building in teams uh, for us to really realize that, again, taking that directive from my late husband in 2013 saying, I want this to be for everybody. It just meant that we had to pursue those. 
Uh, and so with an incredibly dedicated board um, and a community willing to, to step up, that was that was really the opportunity. We um, COVID COVID hit in early 2020 and Giving Kitchen, you know, saw this propulsion that just set us off into where we are today. Um, early 2020, we were seeing gosh, I think it was like 20 times the volume of, of clients, food service workers coming to Giving Kitchen and ask me, asking for help. We were seeing more website traffic in the first couple of weeks than we did the entire year of 2019. It led us to build a COVID-19 resource page. Um, we ended up hiring a consultant to help us through a new five-year strategic plan, knowing that we needed to grow. Um, and we implemented that in late 2020. In fact, it was right when we also implemented um, a substance uh, misuse recovery initiative and teamed up with our buddy Andrew Zimmerman to be a national spokesperson for us and, and help spread the word around substance misuse and, and that additional mental health. Uh, there's a lot of other things that we've, we've done since then as well. But it, we really took that five-year strategic plan and said, we're going to help thousands and thousands of food service workers over the next three to five years. And in order to do that, we've got to get out of Georgia. And Tennessee and a concentration in Nashville was our number one, um, our, our number one. And so we hired a teammate here in Nashville. We were introduced to Marsha uh, and brought her along. She's been an amazing advocate for the food service community and many other philanthropic um, opportunities oh, we know. here. So yeah, <laughs> she's been pretty spectacular. And we we set out to do some work. So we what we did for the plan in uh, 2021 was to do a kind of this quiet approach, learn about the community hire somebody here, get to know who we should be talking to. Um, and gradually it got to September and we did a loud, what we called a loud launch and celebrated for a few days. And um, the mayor and the governor proclaimed, you know, September 27th um, as Giving Kitchen Day in the state of Tennessee and here in Nashville. And we we just went out and met the community. We educated, we showed up, we gave some pretty sweet swag, hats and t-shirts, it was nice. Um, and we, we spoke up. Um, and since then, that's really what's been the most remarkable is to see exactly those. I, I mean, I think it's nearly a hundred people just this year alone, um, that have, you know, raised their hand and have asked for help and have received financial aid and community resources just this year. So definitely a few of our team members. We're going to take a quick moment to hear a word from our sponsors. We are supported by Robbins Insurance an independent insurance agency known for providing customized insurance policies, sound guidance, and attentive service. Robbins is also known for delivering exceptional coverage to Nashville's restaurants and bars. Whether it's a fryer fire that sets off the sprinkler system and leaves your restaurant sopping wet on a busy Saturday night, or it's a once-in-a-decade tornado that cuts off your electricity and subsequently spoils all the food in your walk-in, Robbins has seen it all. And they know how to create policies that will get your business back on its feet as quickly as possible in the event a disaster strikes. Look, when it comes to insuring your restaurant, bar, brewery, bakery, grocery store, hotel, or whatever, you need someone who knows the industry, who understands your business, and who will create a policy that protects your space, your staff, and your concept. That's Robbins. Visit Robbins' website at robbinsins.com. That's R-O-B-I-N-S ins.com to request your insurance consultation. Once again, that's robbinsins.com. You know, what chefs want, some people still call it creation gardens, but what chefs want has been, was our first advertiser on the show. Uh, Monty Crawford saw what we we're doing. He goes, I want to be part of it, dude. I love it. 
And I just, I love that. They're so perfect because they work with locally owned and operated restaurants better than anyone. And let me tell you how they do it. No minimums, no fees, no fuel surcharges, no surcharges anytime. They deliver seven days a week. They have 24-7 customer support. You can call, text, chat, email anytime from anywhere. Or you can reach them at 502-587-9012. They have a diverse line of products. Their chefs have access to thousands of items across many different categories that allow them to receive fresh product daily. What chefs want is the perfect addition to any broadline company as they've got all of your fresh produce delivered daily plus custom meats, anything that you need that your broadliner can't get. Give them a call 800-600-8510 or visit them at whatchefswant.com. Going into 2023, it is never more important to get your books in order. Payroll, hiring, HR, there's so many aspects of running a restaurant that I'm not good at. I run restaurants. I'm good at hospitality. I'm good at service. I'm not good at all of the numbers and stuff. And that is what NetChecks is here for. You just heard a full episode with Lauren and Anna and Anna's daughter, Ruby. On our last episode, you need to call them. You need to call Lauren Wilson Domain right now. Her number is 615-319-9200. That is her cell phone. You get directly to Lauren. Give her a call. Do a demo and just learn about what they have to offer you will not regret it. Going into 2023, these are things we've got to be on top of. So give them a call right now. Hiring. We all need to do it. And we are in the holidays now, guys. Holiday parties are happening and you need staff. Where are you going to find them? You're going to go and you're going to post and pray. You're going to go on Facebook and make another post. Says, hey, I need a bartender. Of course you do. Everybody does. You've got to be specific. You've got to work with professionals who know what they're doing. That is where poached hospitality jobs comes into play. Here's what you do. You go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. You click the Sponsors tab and you scroll down to the Poached Jobs Add you click that link right there. When you do that, you're going to be on a special Nashville restaurant radio landing page. You're going to post your job, whatever job you need. If you need a bartender, you need a server, you need a server assistant, you need a manager, you need a host, whatever it might be, you go ahead and make that post and it's going to ask you for a promo code. Here's where you got to pay attention. You got to use this sentence, write this down. This is your promo code, Nashville restaurant radio. You do that and your post is going to be free simply for you listening to the fourth ad in this particular ad set you get to hire people for free what are we doing here people this is what i'm talking about this is this is the joy of podcasting all right i'm losing my mind here listen up you need to check this out this is real stuff poached jobs they are the pros go right now to nashrestaurantradio.com click that sponsors tab and click on poached it's nearly 100 people just this year alone um, that have, you know, raised their hand and have asked for help and have received financial aid and community resources just this year. So definitely a few of our team members. I got to hop in here <clears throat> with my Bonnie Rayet voice right now. I swear <laughs> I haven't been drinking scotch and smoking cigars this morning. But uh, I got to say, and, and Caroline, I know you know this because I'm like making direct eye contact <laughs> with you. You all showed up right on time in oh, Nashville. Absolutely. Right on time. Um, you know. Obviously, that was a really 
devastating year for everyone, but especially for us here in Nashville with the uh, quadruple punch of, you know, tornadoes. And then we punctuated it with a um, nice Christmas Day bombing. I'm usually a little bit more optimistic, but it was a rough year. And so um, I know Jen and I and, and Caroline and Brandon, we all know that, again, I keep saying this term, but it's the absolute truth is this city is built on the backs of food service workers and hospitality workers and the fact, and we were from afar, Caroline and I were a part of Action for Hospitality on the ground and we were looking at you all from afar, like Giving Kitchen kept coming up in conversation, right Caroline? Yeah, oh absolutely. I think that that was kind of the number one thing on our resources page for uh, Action for Hospitality was when you click, I need help, it took you right to Giving Kitchen's website. That's, that's amazing. I mean, yeah, we when we learned of Action for Hospitality and the work that you guys were able to do in such a short amount of time to raise such a significant amount of money to put right back in your community, I mean, it, it, it literally made me think back to, to 2012 and 2013 when that the exact same thing happened for one individual. I mean, just what that yeah. means for a community was so powerful. But I think, I think with you all having, like, being in the trenches yeah. and and just doing the work. I just hope you know that there are so many people, like we were like giving kitchen kept coming up and we kept saying like, you know, what's their model? And we were like stalking your website and like you were like the pillar of what to do because there's not very many resources. Oh, absolutely. I I mean, I remember some of those early days, it was kind of like throwing everything at the wall and thinking like, we have such a volume of hospitality workers who were saying, hey, we want to help you, but we don't exactly have all those, we had a little thing here and a little thing here and a little thing there. And then once you guys came around, we actually said, okay, here's something that's sustainable that we can actually send people to that is actually here to help people. I mean, absolutely. And right at that time, gosh, we had been building our our capacity internally was 13 people pre-pandemic. And then we've built our team now to around 25 people, including someone here in Nashville and, and someone in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, that that the infrastructure alone was something that we knew was vital for us to be able to take on uh, the gift that we received through Action for Hospitality in those initial days. And it's actually it's pretty fascinating when when that we when we were doing this kind of quiet approach pre September of 2021. Um, I th- I was trying to look at some notes here. It, we we served maybe five individuals. I mean, it was just a really quiet approach for people learning about Giving Kitchen and, and coming to us. And then as soon as that hit, uh, we were e- able to immediately invest all of the dollars that Action for Hospitality raised immediately back into the community, a little bit of marketing, and like $150,000 later in just a few months after we came here. I mean, it just all went straight back in because the need was so big. By the time you guys have done your loud launch, I remember we had someone there at War Memorial Plaza doing the proclamation who actually had been you know, a client for a few weeks. It was due to, um, wait, it was due to a dog bite, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I yeah. love dogs, and I'm sorry that oh, I threw no. you guys under the bus, but it yeah. Was, yes, um, it was a local bartender here. Funny enough, it was back before we did our loud launch, our marketing director and myself came here to uh, Nashville, and we went to a local bar. It was pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> one of my faves. And we randomly were talking about giving kitchen to the bartenders and left, and no big deal. But hey, just in case, we'll be here later in the year and lean on us. And no joke, a couple of months later, this accident happened. He reached out, and then he joined us during during that opportunity um, and has been a wonderful advocate for Giving Kitchen since then. He's done many speaking opportunities on our behalf to, to show up for us. So That's amazing. Yeah. This whole thing is amazing. I think it's 
I think this is like one of the most important episodes that we can do. We talk to so many chefs and restaurateurs and people and we like to have fun, but I, I sat down with an employee yesterday and she sat down with me and I'm, I'm, I'm okay saying this, but she said, Hey, look, I was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer yesterday. I sat down with an employee and she mm -hmm. said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to go to the doctor on Wednesday, but I might have to miss some work. I'm really scared. I don't know what to do. And you know, we have insurance, we have these things, but it's like one of those, those, I immediately, I didn't think immediately, Hey, I'll bet the giving kitchen could be a really good advocate for you right now. I, it wasn't the first place in my brain. And then when I was doing, just thinking about this last night, and then I was re-listened to our episode on February 22nd and I went, Oh my gosh, this would be a great reason. Like I'm going to recommend her for this because this is, is this exactly what you're here for? Exactly. I mean, that, that, that's exactly. it. Well, and I'd love to actually take the opportunity to just talk about what an intake process looks like yeah, for those who that. might be listening. I mean, this is literally exactly what, where we can step in. And it's, it's great because the person in crisis or a friend or family member can be the one to fill out a very simple ask for help form. It's what we call our intake form through Giving Kitchen, which you can find at givingkitchen.org. And we also have an app. Um, but yeah, it's a really simple intake form. You give us a little bit of your information, your statement of need, what's happening. And if you have some documentation, provide that. If you don't have it yet, don't worry. A case manager will work with you over the next few days to, to obtain what's sure. necessary. Um, but it's a very simple process. Our case to close time pre-pandemic, meaning time a client giving kitchen, uh, food service worker will come to Giving Kitchen and ask for help and then receive financial aid, used to be around 45 days. In the grand scheme of life, when you look at that, it wasn't horrible. But today we've been able to get that to between 14 and 15 days. So we were, oh, we were able to show up in the time that someone absolutely needs the help in order to help prevent evictions and homelessness and being able to keep food in the refrigerator. Those are real statistics. Um, so a client coming to Giving Kitchen can either go online, go on our app, fill in this intake form. It'll pipeline directly to a case manager. Um, our case workers are our frontline workers at Giving Kitchen talking to clients every single day, all day long. Um, all of our case managers can help anyone through financial aid or stability network resources in their community. Um, we have an interpretation service. So if there's someone who doesn't speak one of the core languages that we do internally, um, then we have an interpretation service that can be on within five to 10 seconds and we can speak in over 180 languages to clients. So that's there it? should be no barriers, <laughs> right? Goodness gracious. That's amazing. And, and that's a partnership with RTT Mobile. In fact, um, the gentleman who has RTT is here in Nashville. So yay. Uh, but there should be no barriers to entry. And, I'm, and I think that, that that example that you just gave is so common. It happens all throughout our home. I mean, in, in Atlanta. And, you know, that's the most saturated market we have. It happened, it, you know, nine and a half years ago, Giving Kitchen. And I'll still talk to people out in the community who have absolutely no idea. And I think it's our responsibility when you think big picture here and what Giving Kitchen really hopes to be doing. It is our responsibility to just to continue to share that word. If you're out to eat, hey, do you know about Giving Kitchen? They help, they help you in times of, of need, unanticipated crisis, the really simple stuff because you say it once and then all of a sudden a couple weeks later you'll hear it or see it again and a couple months later something else and then they'll remember it. And to be honest, it's the moms and the aunts and the sisters and the brothers and the friends and the colleagues who are going to step up faster than that food service worker who's in crisis. So so those are the people that really, you they can go to givingkitchen.org and they can fill out the form and kind of, recommend somebody or ask for help for somebody. And you know, one of the 
conversations that we have in the studio a lot is people who are in recovery. And the, the, the idea of why is it so prevalent in this industry, mental health issues, alcoholism, drug abuse, drug misuse, I don't know how you were, were phrasing it earlier, but I think that there's just a level of trauma that happens. I mean, when you think about our business, when you think about coming into work and it's slow and you're prepping and you're cutting lemons or rolling silverware, and then all of a sudden lunch hits and it's this peak, it's frenetic, it's just just, just mass pandemonium, it's kind of this chaos and people are rude and people are angry and people, it just, it, there's trauma that kind of happens throughout the shift and then it just dies again. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to like reconcile that. And then you do it again at nighttime and then it's 11 o'clock at night and you're wound up and you have money and it's like, what do we do? Well, we go, we go drink or we, and it, it's this, it's just rampant in this industry. So the ability to have somebody out there who's willing to help let's, can we talk a little bit about what, you guys are able to offer people as far as mental health services, drug and alcohol uh, recovery. How do you guys help people that are in that situation? Absolutely. We say yes is the bottom line. Um, and you're right. This is an industry that often, it's the, it's the second largest industry compared to the U.S. government. 15 plus million food service workers in the United States. Wow. In Nashville alone, there's roughly 78,000 food service workers, which, by the way, Nashville is such an amazing food town, and I love it so much. Thanks. And you're right. This is an industry that often suffers from suicide ideation and substance misuse, often asked to check their feelings at the door. And, in fact, that's a, a subject specifically um, that we we tackle um, from an educational standpoint and a, and a stigma kind of related standpoint at Giving Kitchen. Um, and while those are areas that are real for this industry, um, this is also an industry that are part of our everyday lives. Again, we're all going to go out to eat later. We probably have a favorite bartender or chef. We definitely have our favorite restaurant. I mean, this, these are the people who are allowing us to commune around a table to celebrate and to mourn and to just enjoy. So why not help those who are serving us? What Giving Kitchen was able to do at late 2020 by um, including substance misuse um, as a qualifying crisis um, allowed us to um, build a network of subject matter experts and build a campaign that we call Mind Matters. We host it throughout the month of May, which is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month nationally. And we've just invited in those who know how to speak on subject matters like HR, suicide ideation, again, substance misuse. Um, and have brought in speakers, and we just, our, our number one um, reason for doing so is to lessen the stigma um, of asking for help. It is absolutely okay to not be okay, first and foremost. Yeah. Um, and, and just to talk about it. Here's what it feels like to raise your hand and go and, and talk to a mental health counselor. If you've never done it and you feel you're a little fearful, here's probably what you'll experience in your first, you know, 20-minute session or first 45-hour, you know, session. If you don't, if you don't feel like there's a vibe or a click, we can give you guide rails on like how to pick that up and maybe search for somebody else. Um, there's a, there's a vast amount. Um, so, so if I'm out there and I think that, Hey, look, I'm having these thoughts or I, I don't feel okay being, I'm not okay with myself. My self-talk is really bad. And I just, I don't know, I'm not in a good place and I, I don't know where to begin. If I go to givingkitchen.org I just type in, I have to type in my name. Is there anything that's anonymous? Can I kind of say, hey, look, 
can I just talk? Like, how do how do they initiate that conversation? So we know that in order to serve more people, it means we're going to have to get extremely proficient with what we do. Yeah. Uh, so there's t- technically two opportunities. Um, on our website, you can go directly to our Stability Network resource page, and it's an automated web page. You can type in literally anything: housing, dot dot dot, um, alcohol whatever, suicide, blank, we will give you top level resources to where you're located from an automated perspective. If you feel like you want to dive in a little further and receive, think of giving Kitchen Stability Network almost like United Ways, you know, two-on-one, except for the fact that we have the availability for one-on-one case management. So you can talk to somebody um, and say, this, I need, I need these options. Um, and we can do kind of a deeper dive with you. Um, so, I mean, again, it's a, it's a pretty simple, straightforward, um, opportunity that, that we present, uh, to do so. That's amazing. I will say this too, just, I was telling Jen this yesterday, just last week, I got a text from somebody that we all know in this room that said, Hey, one of my guys, uh, is going through it. And, you know, there's some issues with mental health and, um, substance and, you know, can giving kitchen help. And I was like, yep sent the link to the website. It's clearly there. I'm like, we have, you know, we have this, you can fill out the form if you'd like to work with a case manager or you can use the resources, but it's happening every day. And, um, I'm so glad you brought that up too. I think, especially with everything Nashville's been going through, there's still some shame around that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I think for, you know, so many different people, but I love the fact that if you go to the website, if you're just kind of at first, like acknowledging that you have an issue or you need help, you can just go, like she said, very easily click whatever you need. And if if you're good there, if you're not ready to take the next step, there you go. You at least know it's there. And then I saw the form, I actually sent it over to our friend and she was like, that's it. Like, yeah. That's it. It usually takes, you know, less than two hours from start to finish to fill out the form. So, I mean, it's not like a no commitment time. It's a couple of hours, but to know that there's going to be somebody immediately there to help represent for you and advocate for you on the other than the phone. And that this is a, this is charity. This is, there is no, you know, pay to play. This is a, you, you don't, you, you don't pay it back. I mean, this is just for you to make sure that again, water is running, lights are on, put food in the refrigerator to make sure that you can live. Oftentimes for us, you know, an average financial assistance package is around $1,800. And typically that will help um, sustain someone for three or four months at a time to pay for their, you know, their, yeah. their living expenses. And Marsha just brought up something. We, I mean, we've been talking about it the last few minutes, but it just it made me remember that in 2019, um, we were recognized by the James Beard Foundation as Humanitarian of the Year, which was really spectacular. But it clap, gave clap, us, clap, <laughs> clap, 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 yeah. clap. It, it gave us a oh, pretty... I have a clap. Thing. <laughs> like, no, not the There it is. Yeah! <laughs> I've, been want, I've been wanting to use that for a long oh my time. Gosh, that's wow. so exciting. I've never had that go. happen before. I was unaware of the soundboard until this moment. Caroline, your face. Oh, I, got a lot. I love it. I got a lot of those, by the way. All right, we'll, we'll play around with that <laughs> later. Ooh. And that's a rim shot. So. Okay, well, it doesn't seem appropriate at the moment, but good to know well, for when it is. Interesting you know which one's which. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it was, it was amazing it, because really what happened is, you know, you sometimes you get to these accolade-type opportunities and you're like, oh, yay, pat on the back, clapping hands, this is great, we've done something. And the real work really begins in, in those moments, it truly, and especially for Giving Kitchen. We knew that there was an opportunity to share a bigger message Um, and, and we took that on and we told on a national platform that we have teamed up and this was back in 2019 with, um, the QPR Institute, 
It's the Question, Persuade, Refer Institute. And it's essentially the the 911 or the CPR for the suicide prevention world. And it's an online training, 45 minutes. You can take it online. And what it does is immediately prepares someone um, to feel confident in hearing the cues of someone else if they are struggling from suicide ideation or are or thinking about killing themselves. It allows somebody to maybe just pick up on that a little bit and immediately say, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Are you, are you thinking about killing yourself? Very simple. And if the answer is yes, which it has been many, many, many times, then they can refer s- to that person to um, a resource. <clears throat> Um, and that, that has been really spectacular for Giving Kitchen as a resource that is for everyone. Um, to date, I gosh, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of food service workers reach out um, to Giving Kitchen to be referred to that program. There's a, there's a special link for food service workers. And we offer it free, by the way, to any food service worker in the United States. Um, it's typically maybe less than $100 or so to take it, but we'll offer it free to any food service worker who just goes to givingkitchen.org, you know, type in QPR and we'll send you a code and you can take it for free. So I I have a question, not to switch topics too much, but let's say that I'm a restaurant employee and I test positive for COVID and I know that I'm going to miss at least a week of work and I'm going to need some help. But I also don't have the resources to go to an urgent care and get a doctor's note and this type of paperwork. You know, are there any barriers for employees to, you know, what kind of things do people need to provide to get help from Giving Kitchen? I love that question. So there, I mean, there's a couple of ways that we do have to mandate, so to speak, the, you know, the, what we, what we receive in, we do ask for a doctor's note. There has to be some sort of qualifying documentation that proves an accident happened, an illness occurred, a death of someone occurred. Um, you know, in regards to helping in those crisis moments outside of, of someone passing, um, we will we will oftentimes step up and pay all funeral expenses. And oh, wow. Yes. Um, and that's upwards of, you know, multi-thousands of dollars to, to make sure that, that somebody is not, you know, having to dip in or not even be able to bury their loved one, to be honest. And we saw that a lot in 2020. Devastating. The majority of, of the deaths that we were seeing come to us, you know, we're pushing off funerals and burials and those types of mourning opportunities until 2021. It was horrible. It was yeah. horrible to see. I will say during 2020 and 2021, we were at, gosh, at least as COVID is concerned, somewhere around that 70 to like 75% of the cases that we were receiving were illness related and COVID-19 specific. I mean, it was outrageous. Um, but it was for everybody, right? Yeah. Um, so yes, I, you know, at, at the very least, we do ask for qualifying documentation, you know, a note from the fire department to the doctor in order to um, and a pay stub. We do, we acknowledge, you know, where you work. Do you work in food service? It's a quick, you know, intake thing for us. Um, but it's a pretty simple few pieces of documentation that we require. So kind of to follow up on that, and I feel like this is something I should know, but I don't. Do you guys work with Faith Family Medical here in town? And, and if not, Oh, well, we'll have to make that connection. Let's make that connection. Yeah, Faith Family Medical is a, um, they're a part of St. Thomas, but it is a healthcare system for the uninsured. Uh, We've, before you guys came to Nashville, we've sent many employees to Faith Family Medical. 
Um, they are a wonderful organization. One of our uh, partners at, at Nikki's is hugely was, he, he has since passed sadly, but was hugely involved with Faith Family Medical, which is how we came to know about them. And uh, they do everything from, a, you know, annual wellness check all the way to cancer screening and, you know, x-rays, all sorts of things. So that's um, incredible that you mentioned that. As, as a part of our stability network, we will offer what we call a pop-up doc a couple, few times a year. Awesome. And it's something that we are looking to extend here into Nashville. We, ju- we just need the right partner. So this is actually really oh, amazing. We'll, we'll have to chat. <laughs> Wheeling and dealing. Right? But I mean, it, all we're doing, again, we're being we're being the resource of how to perform <clears throat> what we call a pop-up doc. So we're, it's free medical care for food service workers. And we try to do it a few times a year because there are people who are uninsured and don't go to the doctor and they need a screening. And they just need maybe a general shot or they need a prescription. Um, and so we've, gosh, we've been doing that for since 2017 or so. And I would, yeah, I would love to, to learn a little bit more about that. Will do. Caroline, this is, that's all you right there. I tell you, you just did it right amazing. on here. That's, that's, now I'm actually feeling bad. I'm like, how have I not thought of this incredible. and made this introduction yeah. before? Sorry. Uh, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make you bring this up because I, I'm a stats person. I love data. Like call uh-huh. me a nerd. Right. Yes. Data. Yes. There's the claps. Um, <laughs> we met yesterday with our good friends at Conexion Americas because some of the, I mean, obviously a lot of black and brown people are in the kitchen and are of service. But Jen, can you share a little bit more about who you're serving? Cause that, those numbers are pretty yeah. remarkable. Yeah. You know, and again, I mean, giving kitchen grew out of, you know, this, this small little bubble and is, is really meant to be for the food service population. That is the truest of food service population. The majority um, of the clients that we serve, it's around 37% are black and brown, um, 60% women oftentimes with at least two children at home. So when you look at the total number of food service workers Giving Kitchen has helped uh, since our inception, which is nearly 11,000, we're looking at, you know, over 3,000 children in the households of food service workers. Um, and again, oftentimes with other family members, aunts, uncles, other caregivers are, are in the home. Um, and it's often we, we do an intake um, form pre and post financial assistance check in on, our, on the food service workers. It's usually about a 45 day post check in to see how they're feeling, how they're doing, what the mental health scores kind of look like. Um, and we have heard around 72 percent of the financial assistance clients that we serve say that we help prevent an eviction. 68% will say that we help them from skipping a meal in order to pay bills. Um, and it's just, it's kind of staggering from there. And that's yeah. with just only, you know, $7.2 million in aid so far since our inception. And in 32 states, I will mind you. But again, the focus <laughs> right now is in is in the, here in the Southeast. So that actually leads me to something else I wanted to ask. Um, is this only for restaurant workers in Nashville? Let's say I live in Johnson City or Memphis, and and you don't have you know an, an a headquarters in that city. Mm-hmm. So our headquarters is actually in Atlanta, Georgia, um, and we have what we call kind of primary markets. Of course, Atlanta here, Nashville is a primary market because we have a teammate who works here and helps serve this community plus Marsha. Um, <laughs> and then we also have someone we've just hired in Charlotte, North Carolina. And what that means is that right now, giving kitchen is building what we call our, you know, the Southeastern model. Um, our hope is to fully become a national, uh, branded agency helping food service workers. Uh, what we learned coming into Tennessee with this focus in Nashville last year and going into 2022 was that the only thing, uh, disrupting the amount of work we really could be doing was a geographical kind of 
boundary, this pretend black line, you know, that we would draw on a map. And so immediately we, again, learning so much from coming here last year was that we said, we've got to, we've got to lessen that geographical boundary and not say no to any food service worker. And what that has meant in 2022 is that we have now helped food service workers in 32 states, um, more states than that, if you include our stability network resources. Um, but again, our focus right now is making sure that the South, um, we are microphoning that message, marketing, fundraising, again, hiring staff here in the Southeast today. Amazing. One more quick word from our sponsors, and I'm going to tell you a testimonial today. We had our friends over at Robbins come out proactively to to do a, a kind of an audit of all of our systems. And one of the things they found was they said, hey, on your sprinkler system, you don't have a tag that says when it was done or if it's done. We don't, we don't know if it's up to date. So we called our previous fire company, the fire and safety company that we used. And they said, yeah, we did it. We charged you to do it. We, we don't know. We, we, we don't have any notes. We don't know what we did. And I said, well, that's not helpful. <laughs> so now we're partnering with Corson Fire and Security. And let me tell you, the best thing so far that I love about Corson is their level of communication. I'm getting phone calls. I'm getting emails. They're letting me know exactly what they're doing. They're showing me what they're doing. And I feel confident. I feel secure that I know what's happening with my sprinkler system and my hood system and my fire monitoring system. I mean, these are all things that you just don't think about on a regular basis that need to get done. And you know what? I feel better going home at night knowing that every one of those systems works. Something were to happen in the restaurant, I know those systems are going to work now. And I have the appropriate tags to prove that they've been done so this is really, really exciting. So my testimony is Corson is doing all of the things I knew that they would, and not just because it's me. They do that for everybody. Kevin Rose is your guy. He's the restaurant specialist. You should give him a call at 615-974-2932. If you, too, would like that level of confidence in your fire suppression company, give him a call right now. I think one of the most overlooked things that you can do on a P&L, which is your profit and loss statement, is dish machine and chemicals. It's just one of those things you don't focus on until it's too late. Let Jason Ellis from Supersource come in and do an audit of what you're currently doing and why you're doing it. His number is 771-337-1143. We believe here at Nash Restaurant Radio that every single thing that you do should be done intentionally in a restaurant. And allowing some company to come in and just fix your dish machine without you knowing what's really happening is exactly what we're talking about. The thing Jason does the best is he can help educate you on exactly what's going on with all of your dish machines and chemicals. He can do staff trainings to understand why you're using what you're using, again, to be intentional. They don't make you sign any type of contract. They are week to week and can get you a brand new dish machine with three free months of dish machine rental. You need to check them out. Go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com, click the Sponsors tab, and then you will see super source click that tab for a special or give jason ellis a call at 770-337-1143 we absolutely love partnering with sharpier's bakery aaron moso has been selling bread fresh baked bread to locally owned and operated restaurants six days a week for 36 years yes her father started the company 36 years ago and aaron took it over 
uh, five years ago, and it is doing amazing things. I have so many guests that come in the studio that are like, I love Sharpies. They save me so much time, and the bread is so good. So we, uh, we've got round buns, specialty round buns, dinner rolls, hoagies, baguettes. They do cheesecake. They do flourless chocolate torts. They do specialty loaf breads and regular loaf breads and bullies. Bullies? B-O-U-L-E-S? Sourdough, long Tuscan, wheat, multigrain. They got everything. You should go check them out at sharpies.com. That is sharpies, C-H-A-R-P-I-E-R-S.com. Or you should give them a call at 615-356-0872. Supporting local is so damn important. And Aaron Moso and all of our friends over at Sharpies Bakery do that daily. Give her a call right now. She just mentioned a word that I want to talk about, fundraising. You know, we talk about missing meals and food insecurity, um, electric bills. I have a therapist that I go to because I, I, I need mental health work like anybody else in the world. I think it's vital. But every month I have to take a questionnaire. And on that questionnaire it says, how many times in the last month have you felt insecure about your food? How many times have you felt unsafe at home? How many... And, it's it's November and it's Thanksgiving time and I feel a massive amount of gratitude every time I do that because I get to click no I haven't and my electricity hasn't been cut off and I have I get to eat food pretty regularly but there's a lot of people out there who don't and if I'm somebody who's blessed and doesn't necessarily have a lot of those can I help donate how what is your major way to raise funds because I want to figure out a way like this doesn't happen for free. Like mm. you have to raise funds. And I want to touch on that because there's a lot of restaurateurs listening that are going, Hey, you know, I'm pretty blessed too. And I've got employees that potentially could use this, but can individual restaurants donate? Can I donate? Like, and it's not the, the, the fun thing I want to talk about, but I think it's equally as important for people who are in a situation where they can to learn how to do it. I totally agree. And thanks for bringing it up. I think we know that there's going to be a natural synergy in if we can help food service workers, the money's going to come. That is true, but it, it doesn't happen alone and in a silo. It, we need our community. So in here in Atlanta and in Nashville and soon to be in Charlotte next year, what we do is we focus on a couple of key signature events that are is, is one opportunity for people around the community to step up enjoy a, a tasting event or a golf tournament and and help raise funds for Gaming Kitchen. Sure. Of course, there's third-party fundraisers as well. So the people in this room, the many hundreds of, of restaurateurs that Giving Kitchen now knows um, have stepped up in really fantastic ways and have you know donated um, month-long cocktails or portions of proceeds during a weekend or whatever that might be. And those dollars are going back to Giving Kitchen, participating in Dining with Gratitude, which is a signature campaign that we um, host during the month of October. Several um, uh, uh, Nashville restaurants have participated in that. And that's, that's great because the onus is not necessarily on the restaurant outside of maybe helping market it, putting it on social, saying, hey, we're raising funds for food service workers. Diners, participate. You're coming to eat here? Consider putting dollars right back into the food service community. Um, and then again, with other partnerships, um, I know Dine Nashville, um, you know, they been a, the Giving Kitchen was a beneficiary last year and is, again, this year, next year, whatever those years are, <laughs> it's all coming together. Um, but there's just really fantastic opportunities like that. And of course, Giving Kitchen thrives off individual giving. I mean, we're coming up to the end of the year. And of course, I would love to say, 
yes, you're thinking of Thanksgiving and Christmas and you go out to eat, consider the people who are putting the food on the table. Donate to Giving Kitchen to make sure that they have a resource to go to um, now, after Christmas and into next year. Um, and then, of course, we count heavily on corporations and, you know, family foundations and trusts and grants throughout the community. So for anybody who's out there listening and there are the means available and you want to help propel this mission forward, um, you know, I'm available. We have teammates here available to speak, but those are those are the primary mechanisms. So when you guys first came in this morning, you mentioned that you've been in Nashville for a few days. You've had lots of exciting meetings with various people. Anything that you can share with us about what's happening right now and the future to come for Giving Kitchen in Nashville? Oh, I love it. I'm so excited about Nashville. I'm so excited about Tennessee. I'm so excited about our growth. Um, I got here and um, <laughs> Chef Philip over at Rolf and Daughters, they were celebrating their 10th anniversary. So yay, happy anniversary. They um, are big advocates for Giving Kitchen um, and they have been for years. Uh, and this was just a very special opportunity to share 10th anniversary, but also um, Giving Kitchen was a beneficiary of a portion of those ticket sales. So thank you to that community. Gosh, yesterday we had a very busy day. I, run her, I yeah. ran her ragged. I was like, oh, you ready? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> we, as Marcia mentioned, we uh, met with our friends at Conexión Americas, um, and they have been wonderful for the Hispanic and Latino community. And again, our valuable stability network partner for us. Um, gosh, we met with oh, Chris Chamberlain. We did our dear oh. friend Chris Chamberlain. Yeah. Always spreading the gospel for the food community uh -huh. and beverage community. And then how can you forget this? We woke up and went to uh, Nashville Soccer Club. Oh, yes. Nashville Soccer Club. Oh. That is an awesome stadium. We did a great tour. Jonas Park. Yeah. And yeah. it was really cool because um, they recently provided a grant to Giving Kitchen. Amazing. There you go. Go soccer. And um, it was just a really great meeting because they are very invested in their concession workers and the people that make the stadium go. Um, and just talking about future partnerships and opportunities there, too. So. Absolutely, yeah. I had the chance to see Sarah Gavigan of Otaku, and then we were with the mayor yesterday. And Yeah, just Cooper. hanging out with the mayor. Oh, bury the lead. <laughs> Brainstorming with the mayor. It was they, pretty cool. They have stepped up in a great way to just, again, be powerful storytellers for for their community um, and our community. So that was wonderful. And then it, gosh, it kept going on from there. Then we had a happy hour where I was able to share some gratitude to many of the um, participants who, who joined um, in with Dining with Gratitude. So that was really great. Just to shout out to Bastion yes. for hosting yeah, us. We were Bastion. a Motley crew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then a dinner after that at, at Adele's. So fantastic. Well, you've great. enjoyed your stay in Nashville. <laughs> it's been great. You've had a good time. <laughs> Made the rounds. Marcia says she wants me here every four to six weeks and I might actually I mean, take her up on that. Can we get an trip? applause for that? I feel like, oh. yes. Yes, we can. <laughs> Peer pressure. Caroline, I'm going to be the bane of your existence. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no. I'm, I, I love it. I'm here the for it. The yellow one. I'm just trying to think about like what other things we can put on the soundboard here besides I know. An applause. Oh, sound effects. Okay. Well, if you want to tell a scary story, I could... <laughs> we could tell a scary story. I like it. It's never it boring at your house, One Brandon, rainy morning. <laughs> okay. Follow the cord. I do have to say this because I know you won't mention it because you were always just thinking about others, but another reason for the applause button. So obviously, as you, sh you guys should, lots of accolades, but recently, like this month actually, uh, Fast Company Magazine, the publication, recognized Giving Kitchen as one of the best brands. It was a 2022 Brands That Matter. 
um, which is a extremely big deal. Yes. yes. Go for it, Brandon. Pretty spectacular. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what's great. Yeah. What's great about that is that it does, it just, it recognized the impact in a community and the establishment of a, a something foundational and something that is just a, a fabric. It's, it's a, it's a name brand. I mean, you know, for, for giving kitchen, when you think about this, I, I know that giving kitchen will be a household name soon. Um, and I just think that, yeah, those types of accolades are just prepping us for that real work. Right after this podcast, right after exactly. this, just <laughs> thank you to you. Household both. name. <laughs> this is going to be the springboard. I can feel it. Obviously. <laughs> it no, I, I just, I think it's so important if you're out there right now and you own a restaurant, you're a manager in a restaurant, you work in a restaurant, you know, somebody who works in a restaurant, you got to keep this front of mind. I mean, you know, you were so proud i think in moments like i can handle this i can handle this i can handle this me and my own active addiction when i was you know drinking i i can handle everything and then finally when i i I went and got help i was like holy shit i needed this help so bad and i just was so proud i couldn't ask for it and now i can't stand on top of a rooftop and shout it enough that like hey there's somebody out here who wants to help you, who's willing to help you. If you work in a restaurant, there is a solution. You don't have to do this alone. That You can go to thegivingkitchen.org and you can you can reach out. If you have had an accident or you don't know what you're going to do, you don't know where you're getting your next meal, you've got, you know, in this particular, my particular situation of somebody who's been diagnosed with, uh, you know, a cancer and they don't know what they're going to do, like this got to keep this front of mind if you're a manager a restaurant owner somebody who knows somebody it's just it's just getting the word out there it's just putting the keeping this front of mind when something like that happens that you need to go to this website and you can get help you're not alone thank you for saying that i I would love to leave you guys there's a few i was prepared with a few kind of examples of of real clients that giving kitchen has helped here in nashville and i just think it's really important i'm not i'm going to keep confidentiality of course but i'm going to give just tidbits because I think it's important for people to remember, um, and myself included, I get really passionate. I get really worked up, sometimes emotional, because it is. It's a personal story that I, I choose to tell and I get to tell. Um, but we are all human here. We are all just people. Eating, drinking, raising a family, going out, enjoying our friends. Like, this is really simple work. Um and at the, you know, we talk a lot about data and stats, and I think it's just really important to remember we are talking about humans and human interaction. Um, in Nashville specifically, there was a client that was approved for four months of assistance due to her lung and brain cancer diagnosis. Mm. There was a food service worker um, that faced mold, um, forced them out of their home. Um, he and his wife, they had three children, and they had to evacuate their home. Um, And then a second time uh, because of a knee surgery. And uh, this one makes me choke up. Um, There was someone who was really close to the organization um, about a year ago who had a wife who unexpectedly passed away at a hospital. Um, He became a single dad um, and was approved for over $5,000 of rent assistance and utility assistance. I know that next year, Giving Kitchen, based off the data that we have, going back to data, Giving Kitchen will see anywhere from 270 to 370 asks for help from Nashville alone. 
knowing that one to 2% of the food service population are in crisis at any given moment does mean that we are available to put dollars back in the community, but we do need the community's help to do so. So knowing that there will be hundreds of people right here in Nashville asking for help means that I want to make sure that we can say yes to them. So thanks for having me. I love it. I, I thank you for coming in today. I mean, I know you've had just a whirlwind time here in Nashville, That's but awesome. I, I, like I said, I don't think there's a more important episode that we do. I mean, when I first started this podcast going into the pandemic, there was a tornado right there. I mean, March 13th, I think was my first episode. I mean, so the day everything closed, we're still reeling with all this stuff. And I remember talking to Claire uh, Crowell and she had kind of put all this, this huge, email this this list of what resources were available to everybody and then brian lee weaver gets on the phone with uh uh henrietta red what's her name julia sullivan she gets into action tennessee action for hospitality and then giving kitchen like the the need is so strong in this community and i'm just so excited that you're here thank you so thank you for joining us today and um anything else you got caroline i i just want to say you know you guys have helped at least three of my employees that I know of for sure. And I just want to let everybody listening know truly how easy it is to get help from Giving Kitchen. I think a lot of people, a lot of times restaurant workers are hesitant to ask for help because they think, oh, I've got to do this and do that and do all these things. But it, it truly is so easy and the help is there. So if you need it, please go, please go get it. Thank you for being an advocate. Marsha, you have any, any <laughs> we typically, so Gordon Food Service sponsors the, sponsors the, the final thought. Uh-huh. We ask all of our guests to finish with like a final thought, like to take us out. I always said Jerry's, you know, Jerry Springer, like Jerry's final thought style. <laughs> but nobody knew what, nobody knows what that means. That's funny. because we're old. Yeah. Unfortunately, I do know what memory. that means. Okay, I was like, I always said like, you get to kind of take <laughs> us know. out like Jerry's final thought and be like, what does that mean? Who's Jerry? Well, and Caroline like, needs to throw mind. a chair at me first. Oh, you so know, I will end means. with, you know, something like that. You know, Jenna's, we, Jen and I have had this conversation repeatedly. Caroline, you and I were definitely having the conversation during Action for Hospitality. Um, food service workers serve us day in, day out. They take care of us. They bring smiles to our faces. They console us sometimes, you know. Um, and what we've noticed is they're always the last to ask for help, like you said, Brandon. And, and you know, I think there's pride there, but I think it's always just because they're looking out for others. Oh, you know, Jen needs more help. Brandon needs more help. You know, save the resources. And as someone who does a lot of um, philanthropic efforts in Nashville, you all are always the first ones to step up, whether it's to you know, support dogs or women or anything that we're raising money for or hope for, you are always the first calls. You're always the first ones to step up. You give in such meaningful, kind ways. And a lot of times you all are the ones that, you know, are the busiest or don't have as much to give as a major corporation, but you're always the first. And so here is finally over the last 10 years, a safe place for you to find the help that you need. So I always just tell people, when in doubt, if you're in food service or you know someone in food service, just go to Giving Kitchen because I will promise you they will find a way to help. They don't, they will not say no. So final thought, throwing a chair at Caroline. <laughs> That's how we roll. Beautiful. Jen? Well, I was going to actually end with one of my favorite quotes. Here I go. It is, the, is a quote from our founder, Ryan Heidinger, um, my late husband. And he said in... 
2012, summer of 2012, anything long lasting or worthwhile takes time and complete surrender. And in order to do really great work just means we have to build a community. It's the sum of all parts. We have to do it together. Um, I believe in food service and I am just here to advocate day in and day out on behalf of our community. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. You're, um, you're a godsend to this community and just thank you for all of your efforts. Team effort. Go team. <laughs> Do you want to use the applause again? For the last <laughs> no, time? no more applause. Make me sweat. <laughs> yeah, well, th- I don't know what the rest of them are. Though. We'll test them out after we finish here. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, have a safe trip back Thank to you. Atlanta. Thanks, Thanks for coming for by today. Me, guys. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Marcia. All right. Wow. Um, Thank you so much, Jen Heidinger. Kendrick. So inspiring. I know. And, and Marcia, for coming by. I. I love the girl power that was happening in this room, by the way. There was a lot of estrogen happening in here. Definitely. I love the fact that I got to kind of just sit back and you guys just ran with it. Like that is so much fun for me. Yeah, it was it was just great energy with those two. And, you know, I am so lucky that I already knew a lot about the giving kitchen going into it, but I feel like I learned so much more even that I didn't know and um, you know, as I mentioned when we were chatting, Giving Kitchen has helped several of my employees and I just can't encourage, you know, other restaurant owners and managers enough to, you know, let your team know about Giving Kitchen anytime something comes up right away. I want to talk a little about action, Tennessee Action for Hospitality, because we referenced Tennessee Action for Hospitality. And I think there's a lot of people out there who are like, what is that? I don't know what that is. You were the president of Tennessee Action for Hospitality. Briefly, yeah. So, you know, Action for Hospitality kind of came out of a text message that I believe Brian Weaver from Butcher and Bee and Chris Chamberlain, uh, writer, Nashville writer, friend of the pod. Of the scene. Um, you know, I think that the two of them started texting and then started a big text thread with lots of different chefs and, you know, food people in Nashville. And, um, you know, I think kind of tried to do different advocacy work for on behalf of restaurant workers during the pandemic you know I would say some things were really successful like all the fundraising that was done and the donations that we were able to you know kind of funnel into Giving Kitchen to help their launch in Nashville you know some other things were not so successful I I personally was involved in uh, trying to lobby for a place in the vaccine line for food service workers that was uh really unsuccessful (laughs) um but you're out there doing that i mean that's i think that's as noble as anything that somebody was standing up for the people in this industry to get out there and and advocate for them i I felt really strongly about it you know just kind of quickly i i don't know if you know this because most people that i talk to don't know this which is when the vaccine rollout started in the winter of 2021 there was a recommendation from the CDC, from the federal government, and they said, these are the phases that we recommend for you to roll out your vaccine. Phase one is obviously, healthcare you know, workers. healthcare workers, uh, elderly. elderly people. Phase two is essential workers, policemen, firefighters, you know, the next bracket down of 65 and up as opposed to 85 and up, yeah. whatever. Um, and then uh, included in the second part of the second phase was essential workers which would be considered grocery workers, food service workers, bus drivers, transit workers, that sort of thing, right? So every single state in America, with two exceptions, adopted the CDC's guidelines for vaccine rollout and said, 
this is the phases that we're going to follow. And Tennessee. a wild guess, what is one of the two states? The other one was Indiana. Tennessee decided to come up with their own system. Now, thankfully, it, it wound up not really being as much of an issue because uh, vaccines came available much faster than sure. anticipated. But when the original rollout came about, food service workers in Tennessee were not scheduled to get vaccines until the spring of this year. Wow. That is that is real. I, I had some conversations with some people in our state government and kind of some very influential people in the food world that, you know, I, I'm not going to put them on blast right now on the pod as much as I would like to, uh, that were actively against food service workers having a place in the vaccine line. It was wow. extremely disappointing. So... <laughs> Sorry, I just so, got like real heavy, real fast. Well, I mean, I think that that's, you know, if there's anybody listening and they don't know you, I think that's a major part. Like, that's you and your core. Like, that's your soul. Like, you know, that's you are an advocate for so many people and you're out there busting your ass, not only for you and your restaurant, but like for this cause, well, for this industry. I mean, you're you. out there that's, doing it. That's nice of you to say. So I, I will say I'm, I'm, I'm much less involved in that type of work now, but at that moment that the vaccines in particular is something that I felt very, very passionately about. Um, oh yeah. We talked about it many times during yeah. that time and Tennessee action for hospitality. The idea was, Hey, look, let's not let this happen again. The right. pandemic started and it was like, we're screwed. Right. Us as an industry, we're shut down. What are we going to, there wasn't any, uh, unemployment they weren't giving us these we did everybody was hands up in the air like we have nothing we don't have a backup so brian we were sent this email and i actually interviewed brian on the show like a week after that and i said brian tell me about this tell me about this text message you sent and he went through it julia sullivan kind of picked up the ball and ran with it and before you know it there was like 50 chefs on a phone call um first person i heard about it was margot mccormick told me in her interview she goes i was just on a call yesterday and this was at the very beginning of the pandemic we raised a bunch of money to support our own kind of like hey look if this ever happens again let's have something in place and then it became something that kind of was folded into the giving kitchen right yeah essentially um we made the decision in 2021, I want to say kind of in the spring, summer, if I'm recalling correctly, to take all of the money and resources and network that we had uh, with Tennessee Action for Hospitality, because I really felt like our network was kind of our, our best asset, um, and take all of those resources and, and fold those into Giving Kitchen, which was a part of their launch in September of 2021. So- there's the big connection. You were the president of it. Marsha was doing all the PR for it. She was a major contributor in it as well. Marsha now works with the Giving Kitchen. So you three were in here talking about kind of those times in Action for Hospitality and then the Giving Kitchen. So you have a lot of history. I do. With the company. So but I, I didn't want that to influence the interview too much because I, hopefully, you know, even though, like I said, I knew a lot going into it. Hopefully we were still able to. You 100%, but I wanted to give some context because if you're out there listening, you're like, what is Tennessee? I don't understand. what." And if you're thinking, well, what is that? I'd like to support that. I want to learn what that, that, that is, is giving the giving kitchen. kitchen now. Like, so just to kind of put some clarity around that part of the conversation, if you didn't know what that was, 
that's what that was. And a lot of things actually wound up branching off of Action for Hospitality. There's a guy in Knoxville, and I apologize, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. If anybody wants to know, DM me on Instagram and I'll, I'll get you the info. Uh, but there's a restaurant owner in Knoxville who's been lobbying the state to um, change our liquor by the drink tax laws because they are so oppressive in this state. Crazy. Anybody listening who doesn't know it's 25%, which is insane, like the highest in the nation and outrageous. Um, but you know, that's something else that came out of no action for tax. hospitality was that, uh, that action of, to go drinks of yes. Let's yeah. The to go drinks. And, um, I think that that work with the state liquor tax is still ongoing, but, uh, yeah. It's all good stuff. Lots of good stuff. So you had so, a topic. You wanted you wanted to bring something up well, with something I, on your mind. Yeah. So I, I read a great article a couple of days ago, and I wanted to know if you had read it as well. It was um, written by Margaret Littman for the Nashville scene. Uh, great, great writer. Um, and Margaret wrote a really, really interesting article about the Woolworth Theater downtown. And if you'll recall, the Woolworth is a historic landmark in Nashville is the site of the sit-ins in Nashville that John Lewis was a part of and a really important historic site in our city. Um, and at some point it was taken over by Tom Katz hospitality, Tom Morales, who I know has been on the, yeah. probably my favorite interview you've ever done, by the way. It was a fantastic interview. Phenomenal. Tom's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, but Tom took over the Woolworth. They turned it into a cafe. I, I don't know if you ever got a chance to go I by there. I have not been by there yet. I, I, I think I'm, he sold it. I'm sorry to say I haven't either. And yes, he wound up selling it. Uh, so Tom's no longer the owner. But uh, what the article was about is a couple of weeks ago, a event was hosted at the Woolworth Theater with Kanye West and Candace Owens, and really, yeah, I did. I did not. I didn't. I know Margaret. I have not. Um, I did not read that article. Yeah. So this is in the Nashville scene. It's from a few days ago. So look it up. Um, but it was sponsored by the Daily Wire. It was uh, a movie screening, and uh, the article kind of talks about you know what's going on at the theater. They asked the current owners for comment, and essentially their response was, you know, we don't discriminate and we allow anyone who wants to do an event here to do an event here. Um, you know, in a nutshell, I'm, I'm really paraphrasing. These are by no means direct quotes, but uh, I don't know. I just, I thought that that was very interesting, and I was curious kind of, what are your, what are your thoughts about that? Do you say, hey, across the board, you know, equal opportunity for everyone anybody who wants to come into my space can do so or do you have like where do you draw the line well wow um i think that's a <laughs> no because i have two different restaurants okay and they both draw different crowds um greenhouse grill is is definitely a, a more of a liberal crowd and then and i mean heart of brentwood with maribel is much more of a conservative crowd so we get all kinds of people that come in. So we do not, we do not discriminate anybody that comes in. We actually had an event. Um, I wasn't in the restaurant. I was not a part of any of this, but Marsha Blackburn had an event at Maribel, like a, a fundraising thing. Uh, and somebody on the staff found out who it was. I think that it, it was booked under like a pseudo name. Like it was a, a it wasn't booked under her name. Somebody found out who worked there and leaked it, and there was a protest outside of the restaurant. Oh, wow. We had a protest outside the restaurant for Marsha Blackburn doing it. I was, like I said, I was not in the building. I wasn't 
this was in 2021, I believe, 2019, maybe 2020. I, I wasn't in the building. I wasn't working there. Uh, I was consulting for the company at the time, but I didn't know about it. But yeah, she hasn't, like, that that was like a whole thing. She was very upset about that. Interesting. We don't know who leaked it. We don't know how that got out. But I mean, no, I mean, I, I, I don't think that we endorse nor say, you know, anything about it. We serve people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if I knew that it was something that was going to be spreading hate or hate speech or misinformation, then I, I think I would have to have a really strong conversation about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I knew it was Kanye and you Candace, know, Candace Owens, Owens yeah. doing a, they're screening a video that was from the day. It was like, I think that would be something we'd have, have to, to draw ever, the line. I I think I'd have to have a real strong conversation. I think we'd bring the leadership team together and we would all make a decision. And I think that um, I, it hasn't been put in front of me. So I don't know until I'm put in that position. But me personally, I would not be for that. Sure. I, I, would, I would definitely be against doing that. Yeah, we, uh, Candace's organization actually reached out to us about hosting a private event at Nikki's and uh, if, I can't recall the name of the organization, but it's it's something kind of obscure. I didn't recognize it as her organization right away when they emailed us and the date that they were inquiring about, we actually already had another event booked. So we weren't able to book it. I responded and said, sorry, we have another event booked that date. We can't accommodate you. And then after that, I Googled and found out what the organization was and I don't think that I would have hosted them at the restaurant. Actually, I, I shouldn't say I don't think. I know, you, that, you I, know, I, I, I know yeah. that I would not have hosted that at the restaurant. I wouldn't have responded like, hey, fuck you. But I would have just, you know, professionally said, sure. I, I, I you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we can't accommodate you. You know, with that said, I have had conservative politicians dine in the restaurant and they've been polite and, and kind people yeah. and we've been polite to them. There's some people that I think I would draw the line with in terms of, Dining guests, uh, you know, it's it's interesting, though, because we also had another situation recently where there's somebody who is very conservative and is distasteful to me personally somewhat. We were asked to cook a dinner at this person's house. And so it's an event happening outside of the restaurant. It would be just me and Tony and maybe, you know, one other team member who wanted to, you know, make extra money doing a party. And Tony and I had a real conversation about it. And we said, what are we, are we going to do this? What, what do you think? Because this is someone who their values and politics are, like I said, very distasteful to the two of us. And we said, all right, well, if we don't do it, somebody is going to do it and get the money. So maybe we should do it and we'll donate 50% of what we make on it to the Equity Alliance. There you go. You know, I don't know if that's a good strategy or not. Ultimately, we wound up not doing the event for a variety of reasons, but uh, I, I don't know. I guess I, I don't really know what the right answer is there, but that's- I, th- I think that I think that where I kind of stand, and you, just, I think you touched on something there, is that our our role in hospitality is to create, you know, service for is to serve people, and where I may say I don't want that person in the building, or I might not want. To serve them, it's also not all about me. I mean, I've got a staff of people who all have their own beliefs and their own things, and they all have mouths to feed. And when it comes down to turning down business, I can stand and say, I'm turning this down because I don't feel a certain way. But also, I'm telling my team 
hey, look, I'm not having this business, which could potentially make you a bunch of money that's going to put food on your table for your family. And that's a tough decision to make. Sure. Because I have a responsibility as a leader to provide for everybody that works for me and to make sure that they are able to live good lives and turning down business in, in the service industry. It's hard to do that. It's hard to do that because you never know what circumstance somebody's in. Of course. I, I mean, you know, I would say as kind of a counter, I, I don't think that you're wrong at all, but as a counterpoint, you know, when I think about my business, there's certain people who are politicians on a state level, on a national level that have been very outspoken and actively worked against the, the rights of trans people to exist in our society, for example. And do I feel comfortable with those people being guests in my restaurant? I absolutely do not. And I would not welcome those people, even though they might be high profile state politicians who were perhaps recently reelected. I'm not sure that that's someone who would be welcome in my space and that I would be comfortable with them being around my team. Yeah, no, I, I look, I can totally see that too. But I mean, it's also I, a hard, it's a hard thing when you're a small business owner and you're like, oh, here's this high profile person coming in and how do I navigate this? And Nashville's a, you know, somewhat conservative city. It's, I don't know, always lots to discuss with you, Brandon. <laughs> well, this is, this is the, the, the fun you're going to get in recaps. Um, if you have an opinion about this, uh, you know, hey, send us a message. Let us know. If you want to talk more about this topic, one of the things we're going to do going into 2023 is we're going to talk about some hot button topics. And I love that you bring this up. And I, the more of this, I think the better, because these are the things that are on people's minds. These are the things that yeah. are people like Margaret Lim are writing about and are important to people. And I think that we should be discussing. Yeah, everybody definitely uh, go visit uh, NashvilleScene.com or pick up a copy of the scene from last week and check out Margaret's article. It's called Woolworth Woes, the debate over the historic site's current use. Awesome. Well, Caroline, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanks. Happy you Thanksgiving too, Brandon. To you and uh, happy setup for St. Nicky's. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm not ready, but we're <laughs> it's coming for me. We uh, I don't know if we're going to have an episode right after Thanksgiving. Um, we may. We may not. I don't know yet. It's we'll see if we yet. get a wild hair and just hop in the studio and start talking shop. Yeah, I don't have anybody on the books right now. Um, just as a it's a holiday week. You know, it's that week in between Thanksgiving and the week after Thanksgiving is always the kind of the ramp up to Christmas. And and then we then we get going and then we're going to have the whole month of December is going to be kind of an advertiser month. We're going to be talking about setting you up for success for the new year. How do we get um, you set up with the right people to make sure you're making the right decisions? So we're going to kind of pivot in the month of December. And then in January, we're back at it. Full force, lots of fun stuff coming Can't up. Can't wait. Uh, yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and uh, hope you're being safe out there. Love you guys. Caroline says, I, cheers. No, it, so- it, sounded like, it sounded like you were, t- I thought you stopped recording. Happy no. Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope everybody has a safe and, and happy Thanksgiving and eats too much and takes a great nap. Bye.